Hey, future Riley here. Okay, little update. Robots are gone. Killer robots are gone. Sounds like a good thing, right? I miss them because the aliens are way worse. They are way worse. Anyway, they got rid of the robots, but uh, I'm going to try and do a quick episode here. This is going to be a shorter episode. It's been a busy week. There's been a lot going on. And I don't have time to edit or or interview people. So, yeah. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. I'm your host, Riley Stock. And today, we have a very special guest. The Board Game Community. All of you. It's going to be a weird episode. Are you ready? Buckle in. I'm doing something a little bit different this week. I asked on Twitter what people thought of the game Wingspan. Uh, I had three questions, actually. The first is, what's your favorite movie? The second was, rate Wingspan one to five, and five being the best. And the third question was like a mini review of Wingspan, your thoughts on it. A real quick explanation of what wingspan is a bad explanation probably because i'm just going to try and quickly get through this is that you're trying to build a habitat for your birds and so you've got your player mat and it has three rows essentially and then there's a top row that birds can't be played in and so on your turn you're going to place an action cube on one of these four spaces uh, the furthest left open space that's available for the row that you're doing. And so there's like the very top row is playing a bird. And so you'll play a bird and you have to pay either eggs and or food to play it. And then when you later play an action cube on that row that the bird is on, it's going to trigger what that row's ability is whatever the furthest left open space is, which, for example, might be one die. So you get to take one food die from the bird feeder. And then you move the action cube to the next space, and which would be a bird. And it might have an ability that says you can draw a seed from the bird feeder. And so you would take a seed from the bird feeder and then you'd move it left and then it would be done. But then as you build up more and more birds in your habitats, it's going to let you chain things together. So you might end up grabbing three food and then you get to move this bird to another row and then you get to roll a die to see if you catch some mice and then you get that original one that you had played of getting a seed from the bird feeder. And so as you play more and more cards, they get more powerful. But it's not just like you're building one engine. It's like you're building three engines, one for each row, and it all triggers as you go down. It's really, really cool, really unique, really pretty. I think Stonemaier Games published it, and Elizabeth Hargraves did an excellent job designing it. The team of artists, I, I'm not going to list all the artists. I think there's three or four of them uh, did a great job illustrating it. Dice Coalition Games, which 
I think is Fabrizio Liotti. Liotti. He, spoiler, might be our guest in a week or two. He said, Fight Club, awesome movie. That's up there for me. He rated it a four and said, it's an amazing engine builder about birds. Lots of fun and replayability, easy to learn, hard to master. That's the ideal type of game, right? Kyle Frost, give pause. I, I like Kyle Frost. He's a good follow on Twitter. He said, the thing? This question is hard. He rated it four and said, not as hard. And then the engine that Wingspan asks you to create is is as customizable as it is gorgeous. The fact that every one of the countless birds takes up residence in one of the three main actions, thereby making it stronger, gives you immense control over what you want your board to be good at. As the cubes move across your flock, I'm taken by both the complexity and specificity man, that's a fun word, <laughs> of the engine I've made, as well as its unique beauty. I don't always make a good engine, but I always love watching it fly. That is very well written. Dang. John Wood, who is my board game mentor, said, Train to Busan. And I know that he has recommended that to me before, and I totally will watch it. I think it's a zombie movie on a train. Oh, boy. Don't get mad at me, John, if I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, and he rated it. He he is such a critic of this game. He rated it a two and said, an engine builder that I find frustrating, but totally understand why people love it. I found some of the birds, especially in the Europe birds to be annoying like the one that takes resources it's a great game just not for me bcb ryan who's part of cardboard conjecture a great podcast i enjoy listening to it said his favorite movie is brave heart it's a great one and rated it three so kind of middle of the road that's that's fine wingspan is a game that i didn't like or enjoy my first few plays but the more i did play it I saw the intricacies and how elegant of a design it was. Still not my most favorite, but I will never turn down a play. My wife really enjoys it as an added bonus. I totally agree. It took... Well, I'll, I'll talk about me and my experience at the end, I suppose. Katie said, Casablanca. I have never seen it, but I know it's a classic. That's You're going way back. Retro. And uh, she rated it pi, which would be, I'm going to say 3.14 for the rating. My favorite part of Wingspan is how it integrates bird facts into mechanics in my games. I saw a variety of strategies, although I've heard egg strats are too strong. I'd rate it higher, but I just don't enjoy Euro style games with low player interaction. Totally understandable. You can go hear her talk to Mike Tanner over on That's Barely a Game podcast. It's a really good episode. Loved hearing it. Now we've got a couple of them that are just their movies. These are people, I told people that if you didn't know, or if you haven't played the game, then 
that's okay. You can still participate by just telling us your favorite movie. All games, new and old, which is David Rodriguez, who is was a guest on the show earlier. You can go listen to his episode. Awesome episode. He said, oh, by the way, John Wood also was on this show, which was a really great episode as well. So go listen to that as well. He said his favorite movie is Pulp Fiction. And then he said, I haven't played Wingspan, but on a scale from one to five, my rating would be somewhere between one to five. That little cheeky, you know the rest. Uh, he <laughs> Pulp Fiction, though, was one of my absolute favorites for a really long time. John Moffat, who was also on the show. He was in one of the first episodes. He said Star Wars, mostly four to six and Rogue One. I think that's a great answer because the rest of them are uh, not that great. They're fun. Sure. Okay. Don't get mad at me. He said he hasn't played it. Not really interested. Looks too random. Solitaire for my taste. It's a successful game. Loads of people love it and has pretty pictures of birds. I get it. Re, who her partner Lori was on the show just a couple weeks ago. They're working on Earth Rising coming out August 26th, I believe. She said, I refuse to pick just one. So Ghibli movies as a whole, Kiki's Delivery Service, Princess Mononoke, and Spirited Away are my faves. Totally agree. Those are such good ones. Organized Fun said that their favorite movie is Cry Wolf. It centers around a group of students who play a version of Werewolf, but they decide to make things more interesting by blurring the lines between what's real and what's not. People start to think that one of them actually could be a killer, and it all goes spectacularly wrong. I actually watched the trailer for it after, and I was entertained i thought it looked pretty good uh if i ever find it somewhere i might watch it rick lorenzen said no favorite movie i'd rather be playing board games totally get that he said i'd give wingspan a four great game that i'm up for playtesting. although i just prefer heavier euros plus wingspan was announced the day after stonemeyer rejected my game that's the real reason kidding and i responded their loss your game i saw at protocon which i did see it at protocon and it is like gorgeous he took a lot of care in crafting this prototype and it is it just looks so elaborate and cool so i said it was visually stunning and one day i hope i get to play it and he said hope so i just have to figure out how to play it again myself lol Lots of ideas since then, but haven't had the time to try and, uh, sorry, lots of ideas since then, but haven't had the time to try any of them out. Might try to brainstorm at SaltCon next weekend if I can make it, which would be today, the day this airs. Um, I'm sorry, that's really hard to read. And because he, he passed away. On Sunday, uh, he died in a car accident. I'll talk about it at the end of the episode, but I'm going to stop right here for a sec and uh, gather myself before I continue. And I'll just cut in and pretend like I everything is fine. My lovely wife said Edward Scissorhands. I'll, uh, 
I mean, can't go wrong there, rated it a four. And she said, I like the artwork and facts about birds. She's not a fan of the predator activations since you don't get the rewards very often. And she thinks the Oceana expansion improves the game a lot with the introduction of nectar being a wild food, which I totally agree with. On that, that finishes all of the reviews. Hopefully I didn't miss one. And if I did, I'm so sorry. But I am going to build off what my wife said because I think we're on the same page here. I think it's really good. It's really pretty. It's really fun to build an engine and watch it all just flow when you move your, when you activate a row. Uh, It's just fascinating and cool the different engines you can build and just the chain reactions. And I don't know, there's, there's some things that there's been a game or two where I've been like, Oh, if I activate this one, then I can move this one to a different row. And then I can do that activation next time. And then I can move it back and then I can play a bird. And then it's it's just like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You know, like goes absolutely off the rails and you feel so cool and creative when you get those big reactions. Oh, apparently my review's not going to be a short one. Already longer than everybody else's. Anyways, I guess it's just because I get to talk, and this is my show, so you just have to listen, or you can stop listening. Don't stop listening. The predator activations, I think, are the weakest part of the game. It drives me absolutely crazy because you have no control over it. Like almost everything else you have some control over. It's not like a wasted activation for the most part, but predator ones, it's like nine times out of 10, nothing happens. And at least that's up for us. I don't know. Maybe you all have way better luck with them. But for us, it kind of ruins the game to the point where we stopped using them. But but even when we play with other people, like if we're playing with... Uh, or a total of five people, most of the time they'll play it in the first round or two. They're really excited about it. It seems like a fun ability, and it is. It's a fun idea, but when you roll them, nothing comes up. I mean, most games where we have a predator uh, activation, nobody ever gets anything. You might have like one food at the very end. So to explain for anybody who doesn't know what a predator activation is or hasn't played the game, essentially you have this bird that's a predator, like eats fish or eats rodents. And when you activate it, it will let you roll all of the used food dice. And so you roll them all. And if there's any rodents, then you get to put one, Uh, rodent token on your bird and at the end of the game that'll count as one point or if it's a it might be a fish and so you roll all those dice which at most it'll be four die dice uh and so it's just like really not high chances of you getting it ever drives me absolutely nuts there's like one or two predator ones that I have seen be a little bit better. Um, Like if something happens on somebody else's turn, then you get it. Maybe that's not even a predator action. Now I can't even remember. Should have done my research before I recorded this. eh? And I totally agree with her. The Oceana expansion 100% improves the game. Well, I'll say 
90% improvement because I don't love the artwork on the new board. It gives you a new board and I think it fixes most things from the original. And you, in the original, you don't necessarily feel like it's underpowered sometimes. It can be a little slow to get food and hard to get food, but the new player board, player mat, allows you to get food a little faster. It also introduces... <clears throat> it also introduces nectar, and you can use those as wild foods, which helps to negate the whole like randomness of the die and being stuck without food. I mean, you could even, you can always use two food as w- any one food, but it feels like you're wasting food. So the nectar was a really really cool way to do it, and it also has like a place on the player board. So if you use nectar for certain abilities, it gets to be put in there, or it's just really really cool. I do think sometimes it gets rid of the need for other food. So like essentially you're just always going for nectar. If nectar is available, that's what you grab. There's no reason to grab anything else if nectar is available. And sometimes I feel like that's a little obnoxious, but overall great improvement. I wish I could get the old player mat art on the new one with the new uh, powers and stuff. We do not have the one of them, the middle one, I think. What's that? Europe. We don't have the Europe one. Love to get it, but we haven't seen it in our game store and online. The price is jacked up because I think it's in low stock. So eventually we will get that. And Stonemaier Games announced that they are doing a big box. I think they called it the Nest Box. I'm really, really excited about it in the most nerdy way ever because it'll fit, they have it uh, planned out to fit all of the expansions. And so there's going to be like, well, one for every continent, I think. So uh, four more expansions, I think. I might be wrong, but I think so. Anyway, really excited about that. Oh, what I should have asked was, what birds do you all want in there? You know, we haven't seen any chickens in there. Maybe there are. There's so many birds. I haven't looked through all of the birds. But I don't know if there's some iconic bird that everyone is like, ooh, I can't wait until they get this rooster in there. I just, I guess I just want a whole chicken expansion. I don't even care what continent they're on. Just give me them chickens. Which could lay, I mean, obviously their power would be laying eggs, right? Maybe that's a stereotype, and I apologize to chickens if that's offensive. My bad. Well, after you total all of those scores, I don't know if I said mine. I I also scored a four. After you total all of those and then divide it by the number of people who participated, you get a grand score, community score, of 3.5175. That's pretty good. That's a solid game, I think. Especially with John bringing down that average with the two, which I honestly think he rated it higher than he probably actually feels. I think he would have done like a 1 or 1.5, but hey, it's cool. It's a good game. I think he should give it another chance. 
or not. He doesn't have to. We all have our opinions. We all have our different tastes. Totally fine. Ridiculous theme. How about a, well, I'm sure there's like a chicken game. You got like Fox in the Hen House. Isn't that a game? If not, that's my ridiculous theme. You play, oh, you do a reverse of it. What if you send like chicken in the fox hole? Is that what it's called? Whatever it is, fox den. And it's just like the reverse. Chickens are getting back at the fox and sneaking into their den, into their foxhole. I'm sure that's not right. And and they're stealing some of his possessions or or something. That's pretty silly. That's a great ridiculous theme. Nailed it in one. <laughs> Ooh, almost forgot my favorite movie. I should have thought of this before I started recording, but I think Deadpool or Deadpool 2... I, he's one of the, Spider-Man and Deadpool are the people that got me into the comics, the characters that got me into the comics. And so when they finally made a movie, I was super excited and I was not let down. I absolutely loved it. And I would watch that anytime. Well, that's it. That's the whole episode. You can follow me at nerd out with us on Twitter or email me at the board game community show. If there's somebody you want on the show I would love to have most anyone on. Just reach out or tell me who you would like to have on. I I didn't talk about it when uh, Rick posted, uh, when I read Rick's, because I didn't want to get emotional in the middle of the episode. And if I cry, then I cry. It's, o- it's okay. You guys can deal with that. But Rick uh, died on Sunday and... He was an awesome part of this board game community. He was one of my first listeners that I didn't personally know, but I got to know a little bit more uh, kind of through the show and on Twitter, and and he'll be greatly missed. He left him and his wife both uh, died in a car accident uh, in Utah. Um, it was a big, like, 22-car pileup, and, and eight people died. Horrible accident. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> his, he's got two older kids, but two younger kids uh, that are like seven and nine. And I'm not exactly sure who's taking care of them, but I mean, that's a big financial burden to have kind of wherever they end up. That's a big financial burden on on them because you know, Rick and Mary aren't around to take care of them. Uh, so if, if you could donate, they have set up a GoFundMe. Look at the, the episode, uh, the episode notes, episode description, and I will have a link on there and I'll have it on probably the next couple episodes. Uh, but you know, they could really use your help. That's, uh, I mean, you can't replace, their parents, you can't replace them They're, uh, but hopefully we can help alleviate some of that burden. Uh, so, all right. Well, on that note, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If, if you don't have, if you don't look at the show notes, you can also see it on Twitter. Like, uh, he was a member of the board game community or the, uh, the board game designers guild of Utah. 
and and they've posted the GoFundMe. I've retweeted it. Uh, it's it's been retweeted a lot on Twitter. So uh, yeah, it, you can find it. But it, it will be in the show notes. So that'll probably be the easiest, fastest way for you to find it. And I would appreciate it. All right. Until next week, everybody, keep nerding out.